the bell is rung. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of the In-Ring Reality Podcast. We, of course, are here today for the SmackDown review, where we saw a shocking WWE title change. Yes, that is right, ladies and gentlemen. Bailey, the SmackDown Women's Champion, and the boss, Sasha Banks, are your new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. And I gotta tell you what, I never saw this coming. I really didn't. When they set up this match last week, I was like, okay, this makes complete sense. This is just yet more way for them to plant the seeds for the eventual breakup between Bailey and Sasha that's rumored for SummerSlam. And they did do that during the course of the match. As toward the end of the match, Sasha had Nikki Cross in, or sorry, I believe it was Alexa Bliss. Yeah, she had Alexa Bliss in the bank statement and Bailey pulled her out because Bailey realized that she was not the legal woman in the matchup. So she pulled her out and in the process, Sasha is very frustrated because she thinks she's about to get the win. Only for her to realize that, yeah, she wasn't the legal man, or excuse me, the legal woman. So fast forward a few minutes in the match, Nikki Cross gets the tag from Alexa Bliss. Bailey tags Sasha back in. Nikki Cross has the victory under wraps only to be countered into a crucifix pin after Bailey grabs her leg from the outside. One, two, three. Sasha gets the win for her team. Bailey and Sasha are now two time WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, which of course also makes Bailey a double champion in WWE, becoming the second woman to do so behind the one and only, the woman who is featured in my logo, my idol, the woman who I will thank each and every day, the one and only Becky Two Belts, Becky Lynch. So yeah, this is something that really, really surprised me. And what this does is this makes you wonder, are we going to see the fallout at SummerSlam or is it going to be delayed even further? Maybe until they can have a real crowd in front of us. Because what they can do is have these two defend the tag titles a lot. And then Bailey can be criticized for not defending the SmackDown title. She can make excuses being like, oh, I ran through every woman on SmackDown, so why should I defend my title? This is all about me and Sasha, the greatest women's tag team champions of all time, and they can hopefully get a better run than they got originally with being the first ever women's tag team champions and actually make the tag team championship relevant while at the same time, through all of this, mind you, they will have the ability to subtly have Bailey 
try to be the star of the team, undermine Sasha the whole time until Sasha just gets fed up and probably cost herself and Bailey the tag team titles. This is genius. Nobody saw this coming. I really, really like their reasoning behind doing this. I think it's just unbelievably good, good stuff. And on top of that, last night was just the night for the women to shine on SmackDown as we saw Alexa, sorry, not Alexa Bliss. We just got done talking about her. We saw Lacey Evans and Sony Deville, that's where I got the S from, face off in a good match that really showcased what Sony Deville was all about. She just dominated this match, including hitting a knee drop, a drop on to her knee. I don't know if you would actually call it a knee drop because she didn't really drop from the air, but it was Lacey Evans' head onto her knee while on the ring apron. So that was a very, very brutal spot. And the finish of that match comes with Lacey Evans getting the victory after Mandy Rose calls out Sonia and distracts her, saying, Sonia, you promised to make me hurt, but it eats you up inside because you know you haven't succeeded in making me hurt at all. You're nothing but a loser. Sony calls Mandy a blonde bimbo, dares her to come down to the ring, and that allows her to be turned around into the woman's right from Lacey for the one, two, three. So, yes, the women really, really shined last night on SmackDown, and I love, love, love to see it. The show opened up with Otis and Mandy Rose as they are backstage as Otis is slated to take on King Corbin. Otis sings, sings. Otis sees King Corbin's crown. I guess he could sing inside with joy, couldn't he? <laughs> but yes, anyway, he sees King Corbin's crown and he proceeds to put it on for fun. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, ducky or tucky. But, of course, he's not talking to Tucky. He's talking to Mandy, of course. And Mandy's like, baby, that looks so good on you. And they're just so in love. And it's just great to see. Corbin, of course, is extremely pissed off at all of this. And he proceeds to yell and scream and throw a temper tantrum as he comes down for the match. The mat finish of the match comes as he is on the outside demanding his crown back, which allows Otis to get himself attacked with a steel chair from Corbin. Corbin frustrated that he can't put Otis away. The steel chairs are having almost no effect on Otis's body frame. And Otis stands tall at the end, hitting a caterpillar into the splash. And that is how that matchup goes down. We then see a face-to-face -face confrontation between the men who will face off for the Intercontinental title. 
the vacant Intercontinental title next week. AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and the two of them talk about their different philosophies for the Intercontinental title. Daniel Bryan talking about the legacy of the Intercontinental title and how he wants to be a fighting champion and give everyone an opportunity and relishes the time when someone's going to come in and take that championship from him. And AJ talks about, no, for me, it's all about knowing that I'm the best in the world. And Daniel criticizes him for having that philosophy, saying he's probably going to only defend it every once in a great while against whomever he deems worthy. And AJ's like, yeah, I know I'm the best. That's why I took this by, because I'm smart. You're not. So that's what this match is all about, about how well these two know each other and how many times they have faced off in the ring over the years and how different their philosophies are within their way of thinking. We had a narrative throughout the night, and this was by far my least favorite part of SmackDown. I just didn't understand the point of this because to me it does absolutely nothing to build this feud. But nonetheless, we had a narrative throughout the night where John Morrison and The Miz are messing with Universal Champion Braun Strowman. They do something to his drink to make it spill. They attempt to slime him only to slime Charlie Caruso. Instead, they attempt to, or they don't attempt, sorry, they do manage to break his car, smash his car all up, which was an expensive old-time sports car, which leads Braun to get frustrated, find them as they've been hiding out in a production van all night, spying on Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman tips over the van and it's like, okay, what was the point of this? To show Braun Strowman can do this? We already know Braun Strowman can do this. He did it several, several times against one Roman Reigns already. So it's like, why? Why are they doing this? It makes no sense at all. I just, I don't get it. I simply do not get it. It makes Braun Strowman look so weak. He's already, to me, a nonsensical champion because he won the title under emergency circumstances after Roman Reigns decided not to work. He is only there, I thought, to set up for The Fiend to take back the title. But of course, The Fiend is not working right now because Bray Wyatt is at home with his wife Jojo and their newborn daughter. So it's like, who knows when we're going to see that feud take place, whether that's at SummerSlam or not. I, I just don't get what they're doing with Ron. It just boggles my mind. It makes absolutely no sense to me. We got a six-man tag team match with Shorty G teaming up with the New Days, Kofi Kingston and Big E to get a win 
over Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Mojo Rawley, who came out of nowhere messing with Shorty G. I'm fine with this because I'm all about other people getting a chance to get pushed, and if they're going to utilize Mojo Rawley, that's great. I've never been a big fan of Mojo Rawley. I don't really get what the point of him is, especially with all these stop-start pushes. He's never really done anything for me. He slips back and forth so much between is he a hypro face or is he this cocky, arrogant heel that we see him as now talking about his boy, the Gronk, getting robbed of the 24-7 championship. Like, what is Mojo Rawley? Like, seriously. So, yeah, that happened, and I believe, as I double-check my notes here, I believe that was all of the major happenings on SmackDown this week. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry about that. The promo segment ended between the promo segment that is between AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan ended with a match between AJ Styles and Drew Gulak, which Drew Gulak managed to win after AJ belittles Gulak. He's like, how did this guy get an opportunity to be your coach, Daniel, or even get an opportunity to be here? And so now AJ Styles has a loss going into the Intercontinental Championship match next week, which is awesome because it allows that psychology and that doubt, which is also really helpful to a heel because it allows them to be more desperate and more determined to win, which is always the best dynamic against a cleany white baby face like a Daniel Bryan. So... And by cleany white, I don't mean anything about the color of skin. I just mean squeaky clean, cleany white, you know, over-the-top baby face, which is what Daniel Bryan is here in this situation. So with that, I give this SmackDown a good rating. I thought this was a really strong show. This was my favorite SmackDown of the year so far, other than the Braun Strowman mess. If I have to give it a rating, I'd give it a 4 out of 5 only because of the Braun Strowman mess. But like I said, I love Bailey and Banks being the women's tag team champions. And add so much more of a what is going to happen now mentality to SummerSlam and Friday Night Smackdown. And maybe even Backlash in two Sundays from now. So who knows? And as a slide over, I've got a few live comments here before we wrap up today's show. I have messages from my pal Chris Cummings. Chris says, I oh, man, I still need to see last night's show, but it sounds like it was a good one. Hope you're well, my friend. Yes, it was a really good show. I hope you get a chance to enjoy it. And I'm very, very well, my friend, all things considered. Thank you very much. And Chris also says, also not remotely interested in the Strowman feud for most. For me, it feels like Braun on top doesn't work. It feels like he said, like he's just a temporary filler until someone else comes along. Yes, yes, 
100%. It makes absolutely no sense at all. So with that, I appreciate each and every one of you. As always, get in touch with the show via our social media at In Ring Reality Everywhere via our email address at inringreality at gmail.com. If you haven't left any live or replay comments on YouTube and you want to get in touch with that, us that way, as always, subscribe to us on your preferred podcast listing platforms as well. Leave us that five-star Apple podcast rating as it really does help the show grow. However you listen, I greatly appreciate you. You all are truly the best. And as I always like to say, life is only as good as what you choose to make it to be. So please make the choice to go out and do something great today.